Hello and welcome to the Keck CNC Global Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Michael White, and today I'm joined by two colleagues of mine, Antonio Ortolani and Claire O'Connor. Today, we are delving into the world of Fortune 100 CEOs on LinkedIn and uncovering valuable insights that can benefit all users of the platform. Our focus will be on understanding the best practices employed by the most prominent CEOs in the United States, whether you're a seasoned professional, an entrepreneur, or simply interested in maximizing your LinkedIn presence, this episode will provide you with actionable takeaways and inspiration from the top industry leaders. So with that, let's kick things off. So how do US CEOs fit in globally? As part of our global research, uh, we analyzed 184 CEOs and nearly 4,500 posts. Within the US alone, we were we collected posts from 63 CEOs from the Fortune 100 companies who are active on LinkedIn over the last year. We analyzed the posts in a variety of ways, looking at the format, tone, topics CEOs covered, as well as the engagement the posts received. The US led the global group in terms of the number of overall posts and average followership, which is Unsurprising given the fact that this group of individuals led the largest companies, not just in the US, but globally. Brilliant. So we've looked at how CEOs use LinkedIn uh, globally across uh, the UK, Germany, uh, Dubai. How does it compare with uh, what we're seeing in the US? How are CEOs using LinkedIn? Um, I think one of the, the, the key differentiators we saw in the U.S. was um, posting by CEOs of a more personal nature, more uh, really linking their personality through their company. And, and I think this has been a, um, you know, sort of a, a trend over the past few years. It certainly didn't come out of nowhere. Uh, but we really see it in our most recent research that U.S. CEOs are putting themselves forward, but also as a way to, to you know, communicate what their company is doing, what they're about, how they want to connect uh, externally and internally. And I think a lot of what our research showed that is that these posts um, aren't always just focused on, on that external messaging, but really uh, reaching internally to... Um, you know, another difference, I think, with, with the U.S. is the size of the companies, uh, you know, just the, the nature of the U.S. economy, size of the, the, the companies, and then, and then the uh, largest fortune uh, ranking companies that we research. They're large. They're, they're, they have, you know, huge employee bases, and CEOs are really, um, you know, tapping into being able to, to communicate directly with their employees. So we did see some differences, you know, where uh, European CEOs in the Gulf, uh, they might have been more business-centric or industry-centric or really focused on, say, uh, uh, geopolitical issues such as sustainability or, or climate and, and really... Uh, focusing on that one particular issue, how their their company is uh, is dealing with it, and so forth. But I would I'd you know characterize the U.S. CEOs as as really sort of showing their personal side internally and externally. It's really interesting that, and particularly the point on these very large employee bases and how those CEOs interact perhaps with those employees, how does that change the content that they're posting? Because by the sounds of it, it doesn't always sound 
like a straight lace business update. Are there um, factors where or posts where employees are are included or, or shown in imagery? Yeah, definitely. I think a very interesting takeaway was that unsurprisingly on LinkedIn, company announcements did lead. They were over 550 posts uh, within that category, but they were followed closely behind personal topics, which were nearly 400 posts. Um, So going off what Antonio said, they're really using this platform to connect on a personal level with their audiences. And these two categories also receive the highest engagement scores, meaning that the audiences are liking what the CEO is posting. They're reacting positively to these types of posts. That's fascinating. And would you say there's been a big shift over the last few months in terms of how CEOs are now using LinkedIn in the US? Because by the sounds of it, it sounds like LinkedIn is being used more of a, as a social network than ever before. Yeah, I think there's a few factors there that have, have sort of developed over the last few years. And we're, we're certainly just seeing, you know, the, this trend continuing over the last few months. I think if you go back a few years with COVID, with George Floyd, with uh, a number of economic issues where American companies were, were really under pressure, employees were feeling a lot of pressure. Certainly, you know, COVID turned everything upside down, people suddenly working at home. And, and you know, while we were all able to, to pivot, you sort of, you know, lost your connection to your to your company. So I think what American CEOs have, have done uh, quite well is using LinkedIn as a way to, um, you know, to interact, connect, uh, and communicate with employees as well, of course, externally, like Clara is saying, it, it is really, you know, still number one is company announcements, being the voice of the company, that that is your job as the, as the CEO. But there's, you know, right behind is, is this personal collection, uh, connection with uh, employees and using the LinkedIn platform, which, which is really, you know, uh, goes without saying that the, the best channel for doing that, I think, you know, we, we can't disregard, not that we did research on this, but we can't disregard the fact that what's happened to Twitter alongside you know, when we were researching what's happening on LinkedIn has really left CEOs with with one very specific, you know, safe, reliable channel to, to communicate. And that's LinkedIn. Twitter is, you know, for a, a number, we could have a whole other podcast on, you know, why CEOs shouldn't consider uh, or should be wary of uh communicating on Twitter, X, whatever it happens to be called today. Um, so I think that also has just been this, uh, you know, quiet factor that's that's led CEOs to, to really understand, you know, LinkedIn, this is this is the place to for, you know, for their voice at their level. That's a very good point. And I know we've certainly seen um at least anecdotally, the shift take place between Twitter and more resources and time spent than ever before on building that LinkedIn presence. And obviously, that is the presence where all of your employees, um, you know, are, are, are present and, and having conversations. And that's the interesting thing we've seen um, 
uh, you know, I think collectively with, with development of LinkedIn as, yes, it's an external social network, but the point on employees is, is quite fascinating because it's an external network, but in some ways it seems to be, I suppose, used as an internal social network as well. Um, do we see that in the nature of the content being posted at all? Um, how, you know, what does that balance look like? Well, I also think an interesting point is looking at the types of formats these CEOs are using. Um, I think in the past, speaking qualitatively, um, it was more like corporate stock images, corporate like links to the corporate website, whether that was press releases, news articles, or even those corporate type of videos. But I feel like in this research, we saw a lot of more informal content, like informal photos, even from a CEO's, what looked like a snapshot from his iPhone or something like that. Um, so I think that's a really easy way to kind of connect, like make your employees feel like you're connecting to them on a one-on-one -on -one basis versus kind of this out of reach CEO that they have no connection with. It makes them more relatable. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're seeing, the employees are seeing the CEO, not as this distant senior figure, but someone who, um, you know, posts probably quite a lot like they do on social media and, you know, shares similar types of updates, uh, you know, different uh, ways of, of posting that these days are, are fairly common to, you know, individuals in their own personal and social lives. So it sort of takes that, uh, you know, tower of, of, of senior management sort of down to a, a more personal level that, um, you know, people can feel more of a, uh, an everyday connection to, to their CEO because they're communicating in the same way. It's not how it was in the past where, you know, CEOs spoke on panels or on, you know, earnings day or, you know, these very formal, uh, you know, calendar opportunities that uh, you know are part and parcel of course of their job but linkedin's really given ceos a chance to sort of cut through those formal moments uh on the corporate calendar and uh you know come across in, in, a, in a way that's just much closer to uh to individual employees it's a very good point. They have their own platforms, as it were. And yes, I imagine we're still seeing these CEOs go to big events and do their big speaking opportunities. And obviously, media is still as relevant as it's ever been. But that point on on having a platform, having a place where you have your own voice is is an interesting dynamic. And I suppose what that kind of leads on to how's the best way of doing that and, and Claire you, you talked about a little bit about the types of formats the types of content that we're seeing used on LinkedIn and I know that one of the questions everybody tends to ask eventually in a conversation which is what I'm going to ask it now is what's the secret to the algorithm you know based on all the data we've collected all of the things we've seen are there certain things that are working better than others so if I'm a Fortune 100 CEO, or just any other sort of business leader looking to make my mark, what would the advice be? Well, I think going back to images, that's kind of a really easy target because it's very quick, does not take a lot of effort, and is not expensive to produce. 
videos are definitely very engaged with, but we looked at different types of videos, the more corporate videos, like reposting of product commercials or things like that, which are obviously very high touch and expensive. We're not engaged with nearly as much as videos of the CEO talking, which I would imagine are a little bit easier to create. Um, so I think those two formats are definitely targets for CEOs and that's what they should be looking to do to kind of garner that engagement among their audience. The data on video was really fascinating to us. I think most people would have hypothesized that in this day and age with all the different ways that you can digitally communicate and we hear this every day that most people are, are visual learners and we, we absorb information visually, most likely more than, than text-based, you would have automatically thought, you know, these video posts would rank really high, but they didn't. Images do. And, you know, so we, we spent some time thinking about, you know, why exactly is that? Um, I think to Claire's point, an image can seem a lot more personal, sort of off the cuff. It's informal. It's It's got sort of, you know, lifts the curtain on the CEO a little bit, whereas video is great. Uh, video also tends to be produced in a, in a very, uh, you know, heavily formatted way. There's a budget involved with it, a timeline involved with it that doesn't lend itself to, you know, everyday use. So, Looking at we, what we learned there, I think one, one thing we want to uh, recommend to to our listeners is we're not saying <clears throat> don't invest in video. We're not we're not saying that at all. I think what we're learning here is just to be more critical in how you use video because we did see that certain CEOs, on a limited basis, maybe it's once, twice, maybe three times a year, those you know the videos do resonate. They did uh, you know garner engagement, but think twice before. You know, are you going to be putting a lot of budget, resources, personnel, what have you, uh, to, to produce video that that might be too frequent, might not, you know, hit the mark that you're you're looking to target. Um, so, you know, our advice here is do a bit of analysis of your own with what's worked uh, in terms of video uh, or images or any sort of related uh, types of, uh, of communication, see what works. Um, you know, don't be afraid to, to, you know, uh, come to the conclusion that maybe, maybe video isn't right, or it, it is right in very specific situations. So, uh, that was an interesting takeaway for us was to just look more critically at, at how video does and doesn't work. Also, we had an interesting kind of chicken and the egg situation when looking at this research, out of all of the formats we looked at, text actually outperformed in terms of engagement, which was pretty shocking because you think that's boring. You wouldn't think that an audience would really engage with just a simple text. But then we looked at what are the topics being what are the topics being discussed when using simple text? And that's almost always personal topics, which we know from before the audience is very engaged with, they like hearing about that. So I also think that there's something to be said about matching what you want to talk about with the format you're using and making sure they align with each other. So for example, if you're 
talking about a memorial or a personal anecdote or offering condolences on LinkedIn, it makes probably more sense to use simple text than a corporate video. So just really analyzing how those two interconnect with each other. That's a really good point as well, because I know um, in conversations recently, um, it's about authenticity, I suppose. And it, it makes me think about the video point as well, because if you're spending lots of money on a very glitzy video and then publishing it on your profile, I suppose at a very basic level, maybe there's a, a lack of authenticity there versus something that's done quite quickly from your phone where it shows that this person is where they say they are and they're talking directly to an audience without necessarily the layers of editing involved. Um, and perhaps a text post highlights that even further. We also face uh, video fatigue to a certain degree where on all of our different feeds in our day-to-day -day work, and our personal lives, there's, there's just tons of content that comes through on video. And, and it's great that how we can, you know, quickly access video and, and uh, you know, uh, across so many different, be it, you know, news or personal, your, your social feeds and so forth. But at a certain point, there's only so much time in a day. And if, uh, if your CEO is constantly posting three, five minute videos, I'm going to argue that's probably not going to, you know, uh, resonate too much for, for too long. What we saw with, you know, text-based, short, simple text-based communication, especially when it's tied to, you know, more serious uh, types of commentary, those work well, probably because they're, they're so direct, easy to digest, easy to share uh, if, you, if people are looking to do that. So there, there's definitely uh, do not uh, forget the importance of, uh, you know, just a uh, short to the point text-based message. There's uh, our research shows that it really is still quite important. So as we wrap things up now, perhaps, I'd be really interested to get both of your views on what's next for Fortune 100 CEOs. Will we see them on TikTok? Will they be on threads? What are the dance moves like? Where do you think this is all going? I would, <laughs> I dare say, put money down that the next time we run this type of research, I think we're going to find more CEOs on LinkedIn. Again, I'm going to belabor the, the point on Twitter that it's just not, you know, going to, it, it's going to continue to, to degree, decrease, sorry, in, in importance for CEO and other uh, senior executives. So I, I think we're going to see more of them on LinkedIn, using it more often. Threads is interesting. You know, it's uh, it, it gives another opportunity to you know potentially reach uh, a somewhat different audience. So we're, we're definitely going to keep an eye out for for what's happening there. Curious how you know the ad world is going to uh, impact this. Do CEOs want to be? Uh, associated with threads because eventually that's going to be a place where, unlike Twitter, it's a safe place for advertising, for brand building and so forth. So I think it's going to be an interesting time to see, you know, that's potentially competition for LinkedIn. Don't know yet, but uh, certainly, uh, and, you know, never forget TikTok. Uh, there's, there's, you know, 
and it has a an amazing ability to go quiet only for a little while and then you know uh quickly grab on uh onto uh you know what what the world's interested in so uh, i would not be shocked if there's uh uh, you know, that that could be the right place for a certain type of CEO. Maybe not all of them, but certainly worth, you know, for, for our listeners, that might be a really good option for, for your company uh, in terms of who you're looking to reach. Interesting. And what do you think, Claire? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think LinkedIn is always probably going to be the preferred platform for, especially when we're looking at the CEOs in the Fortune 100 but I also think we would be having a very different conversation if LinkedIn hadn't evolved into what it is today, if it had kind of stayed in the past and was this strictly place where you would go to look for jobs, publish strictly company news, things like that. But I think, as we were saying before, it really has evolved into this social media landscape, but with also that professional lens, which I think makes it a very attractive place. And probably more of a safe place to communicate as a CEO. Well, thank you so much for sharing your views. Uh, you're, you're both on the record here. So uh, we'll, we'll revisit this perhaps in 12 months time and uh, see how things are going. Um, but uh, Antonio and Claire, thanks so much for your time today. Mm-hmm.